Hey, perfect timing. The Sonya Dunn Show starts right now. You're listening to the entertainment edition of the Sonya Dunn Show. Thank you for joining us today. I'm Sonya Dunn, and in our studio today is Michelle Wright. Michelle, your bio is so long, so I'm going to have to take some deep breaths so I can get it all in. So here we go. And award-winning media personality and Emmy award-winning co-host and producer of the popular DC cable network show, The 202 in DC, right here. Michelle hosts the popular weekend show, The Sweet Spot, here on Sirius XM. Well, they're on Sirius XM, so... Sorry about that, DC Radio. They're on Sirius XM, regular host on the Heart and Soul channel, as well as the voice of the classic music channel, Symphony Hall. And I got to take another breath in. And it is also, she is also the signature voice of the nationally syndicated Cafe Mocha Radio. I could go on and on about all things Michelle Wright, but I think she could do it better because you can't go wrong with Miss Wright. So stay right here as she tells us her story right after this. A social distancing tip. Keeping your distance from others is important in slowing the spread of coronavirus. So here are some fun things to do alone. Read a book. Take a walk. Unpack your suitcase from that trip you took last September. Paint a self-portrait. Catch up on a TV series. Do a puzzle. Remember, we should all stay home to lower the risk for everyone. For more info, visit coronavirus.gov. Let's all do our part, because we're all hashtag alone together. Brought to you by the Ad Council. You're listening to The Sonya Dunn Show on FM 96.3 HD4. I'm Sonya Dunn. You're listening to The Sonya Dunn Show. We have with us today in our studio today is Noelle Jordan. She is the stage manager and lighting designer for the Fillmore here in the D.C. area, but she also is a an entrepreneur herself. She is a CEO of Breathe Creat- uh, Creativity. It is a live event production company that produces um, projects here, not only here in D.C., but are you outside doing things outside of the DMV? Yes, yes, I've been traveling as well. Wow, wow. So tell me, um, did little Noelle know that she was going to be doing what she's doing right now? I think she did. Yeah? I think she did. Um, so what I, did you do when you were young that that, that kind of make you think this is what you wanted to be in was in the, the media and entertainment industry? Uh, I was exposed to the industry uh, very young. Uh, my parents have backgrounds in the entertainment industry. My mother, uh, she worked in the mayor's office for Mayor Dinkins in New York. Uh, she worked in his press office, and my father is a musician. Um, in addition to that, uh, when I was about six, maybe like five or six, when Comic Relief was going around the U.S., yeah. um, my father is a health administrators for Newark Homeless Healthcare. So he was working on the homeless side and my mother was working on the administrative side um, for comically for the stop in Newark. So that was my first introduction and I just gravitated towards it. And uh, when I was in high school, I had my first play that I was assistant stage manager and my parents saw that and they saw the drive in me and they fed into that. And my first job, I worked as a production assistant in the mayor's office in Newark, New Jersey. That was my first job. How old were you at that time? I was 16. You were 16. So you were pretty much knew this is where you wanted to be. Yes. Some type of working, some type of production in some form or fashion. Yes. So did you um, go to college or did you go straight into the industry after graduating high school? I went straight to college. And so where did you go? I went to the illustrious Howard University. Right here. Right here in Washington, (laughs) D.C. My major, I got my degree rather in uh, radio, television and film. 
Uh, my focus was television production, and I minored in technical theater with a focus in lighting. Do you think there's a lot of females now in that area? Because I know, because I, I have a film background, so that would be gafters. So there's not a lot of female gafters. So is is it different from the live event theater side on seeing more females behind the stage? Uh Beyond the stage, uh, I do know a few female uh, lighting designers, um, but I also have been asked, uh, do you know any female gaffers? And unfortunately, I, I don't know many. And I have to ask and then wait and hope that they know some right. um, and is able to give me an answer. So it is it is a fight that we're, we're still fighting. But the fact that we are being looked out for and searched for, um, it shows that there is a need and a demand and a want for women gaffers in these positions and even riggers um, just to see us more more representation. Yeah. Yeah. So we're going to come back to that. So okay. I, I kind of jumped the gun just a little bit. But when you said that, I was like, oh, yeah, as far as lighting designer is when you say lighting designer and you you see a, a, a female in it, it's like that's a take back because like you don't see too many from my from my point of view, you don't see too many in that field. It's a field that's normally um, um, not. A, a gender neutral type career field. So, um, so let's go back to Howard. Okay. So you did lighting design in Howard and all I that. Did. I did. Um, did you um, dabble in anything else? Did you get the bug to be in front of the camera for a little bit? I did not. I'm terrified <laughs> in front of the camera. Um, I'm not shaking now, but I am terrified in front of the camera. It, I just don't feel as comfortable um, behind the camera and backstage with a headset on. That's that's home for me. Yeah, yeah. So, what what was? What was so challenging, or was it challenging, or was it like breathing air for you in school and in, in learning the craft? Oh no, no, it was it was challenging. It was very much so. Um, I did dabble it at Howard. I was a part of the homecoming steering committee as production manager in 2011 and operations manager in 2012, and I've been fortunate enough to be able to get contracted every year since. Um, but that was very difficult. Uh, it's different now. Then it was fully student-run staff. Um, we selected the artists. We raised, we received a budget, of course. Um, but that was it. We received the budget and had just oversight and guidance, but really steering the the vibe of homecoming yeah. that was on us and we took pride in that we took pride in the blood and the sweat and the tears both the <laughs> the angry tears and the joyous ones um it 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 made me who i am so you said you've been invited back ever since to to work on it yes so, i've been able to work so you seem fairly young so i'm gonna ask you how long you've been doing that then I, if I can ask that, are, yes. are, are you at an age where I can't ask your question? Ask that no, question you can yet? ask. You can ask me how old I, I am. Proud to say I am thirty-one years old. Okay, cool, cool. And so, did you stay in the area after Howard, or did you um, move back to New York or New Jersey and then come back to DC? What was that path? Uh, my path was very different and uh, very rough. Um, I have had numerous uh, issues with my health um, in my in my past and when it, since I was a kid. Um, unfortunately, I had to leave Howard University. Um, I had to have excuse me. That's okay. No, it's fine. You're cool. Okay. Okay. Uh, so unfortunately, I had to leave Howard University to have uh, back surgery. I needed to have a disc replacement and a spinal fusion 
So I had to have two uh, major surgeries, yeah, yeah. Uh, which took about two years. Uh, cause I had one surgery one year, and then we followed it up the next year. Yeah. And then it was about three years of rehabilitation and exercise and physical therapy to be able to get myself back to where I was. However, once my doctor said, you're okay to go back to school, that was it. Yeah. I, I re-enrolled, uh, graduated the next year, and started my company. And I'm, I've been going ever since and have been blessed that I don't have those issues anymore. So that was the journey. I did have to move back home. Right. So was getting back to your, your destiny for your professional career kind of like a motivator for you during that? It was. During it was. Um, I had to I had to train my mind. You hear people say that a yeah. lot. Um, and I didn't really understand it, but until I, you're put in those moments and those situations, and I tried, I pushed my hardest um, to push past the pain, push through the pain to get the job done. I actually... Um, designed a show at Howard. It was our one-act play festival. And stubborn young Noel, um, I teched the show laying on the floor because I was like, I can't sit for too long, but I'm going to make sure that my design is the way that it needs to be. Now, the older Noel knows that that probably wasn't so smart, but... It just showed my drive, and I just always went back to that right. while I was in recovery at home. I watched concerts over and over, watching it from different vantage points. How would I do this? Would I do it the same? Would I do this differently? That was how I trained my mind wow. so that I stayed sharp and that I was able to get right back in the swing of things once I returned, which I did. Okay, I'm over. I'm, I got to take a break. But when I come back, okay. I want to talk a little bit more about mind over matter to get you to where you are today when we get back. You're listening to The Sonia Dunn Show on FM 96.3 HD4.
It's the Sonia Dunn Show. We're here with our guest, Noelle Jordan. She is the CEO of Breathe Creativity. It is a live event production company, but she's also um, pretty, pretty in demand here because she's also the stage manager and lighting designer at the Fillmore. Um, as well as the Howard Theater. Oh, and the Howard Theater. I you am, are I am super one of the designers at the Howard busy. Theater. Busy. Um, so can we also add um, Wonder Woman or Supergirl? <laughs> what do you think? Uh, I have multiple jobs. <laughs> <laughs> um, before we left, we were talking about mind over matter. Yes. Um, Everyone has things to overcome in their life, um, whether it's um, um, different type of traumas or obstacles and so forth like that. Sometimes they can be combined. Yours um, was medical. Yes. Um, and you had back surgeries, and you had them very early, so I'm thinking it was a, a, a medical condition that you had? Yes, uh, yes I have uh, degenerative disc disease that I was diagnosed with at 21. So early for that type of disease, usually a little uh, bit later it's diagnosed. Yes, uh, onset was in high school. It presented as sciatica, and I actually had to be homeschooled for the later half of my junior year in high school so that I would be able to make it through my senior year. But you knew that um, bedridden was not for you. No. Yeah, yeah. And then you talked about uh, working your play while lying on the floor. Yes. <laughs> so, how 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 do you how do you cope with um, your medical condition now? Are you fully recovered, fully rehabilitated, or is this going to be ongoing for you? Well, the surgery was successful. Okay. Uh, so for that section, I I have been healed. Uh, I am able to work. I just have to be mindful, um, not lifting too heavily, uh, too much heavy things or overstraining myself, yeah. just being mindful, stretching, yeah. just keeping up with myself and my body um, to make sure that I'm nice and limber and don't feel like a cold rubber band sometimes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I just focus on keeping keeping myself agile and, and moving. So are you a high heel girl? Are, are, you, are you cleared for high heels and all that? I have been cleared for high <laughs> heels and I may wear them for 15 minutes. Take some cute pictures and then put it on my flats. <laughs> um, so, you said you were able to come back, finish your degree, yes. Um, start your company. Um, so, how how did you get to the Fillmore and the Howard Theater? What was that process for you? Because you're right where you need to be as far as, I mean, you're kind of right at the pinnacle of of your career field. I mean, it takes a lot of time for someone to become stage manager at a, a, ma a major venue. So, Yes. Um, <laughs> I uh, Okay, starting with the Howard Theater. Okay. It was, it was 2012. Okay. Uh, in the summer, we I was working on the Howard University Homecoming Committee as operations manager that year. And so right after the Howard Theater opened, we decided to take our staff pictures down there. And I just decided if the building is open, then the production manager should be here. So I went inside, like, fully done up, and I just said, can I please speak to your production manager? I knew what an elevator pitch was. I knew that I had 30 seconds right. to sell myself, and that's exactly what I did. I let him know. I said, I, I am a student up at Howard University. I'm a, a lighting designer. I would love to learn be able to work here. Um, I can send you my resume. And he said, okay, and we'll have our, our lighting designer there and get back to you. And I, I know that woman. And she trained me. 
So I knew that that was a place that I needed to be. She trained me at Howard Theron Knight Blackman, um, TKB. <laughs> uh, she trained me at Howard. She showed me that my path was possible because I saw somebody that looked like me. Yeah. So I felt that I was at the right place being at the Howard Theater, and I made the right decision. So when you hear the word Theron, you would think it's a guy, but she's a female. Yes. Very good, very good. And then how long how long did you apprentice underneath her? Because you were considered an apprenticeship, yes, right? Yes, uh, for maybe a couple months, uh, just so I can get acclimated to the system, um, to the venue, to the console. That had been my first time working uh, with moving instruments and um, on these type of consoles, right. I was used to being in the university. Uh, so she made sure that I was ready right. before I started. Yeah. And there was a no-call, no-show, and I was available, and I've been doing lights there ever since. Ever since. Is it different doing lights um, for theater versus a live event? Yes. Yeah, there's, a, a, there's an extreme... Yes line between the two there's no there's a difference yeah. so a stage manager for theater probably would not be someone who could do live events pretty much i wouldn't say that um necessarily because i have stage managed uh theater i actually stage managed an opera last summer um and yeah, i but stage managed experience yes but i say that say that we shouldn't always um just classify live event stage managers and theatrical stage managers they are able to do both um you just have to put the work in okay. but the foundation is still the same okay okay so what does a day look like for you as a stage manager? Hmm. <laughs> uh, On the night of the event, let's put it that way, because I know it's a whole it's a long process to get to the night. So, yes, I mean there. It all depends. Okay. Uh, sometimes it, the process is the same. Uh, at certain venues, some shows, certain shows, right, certain type of shows, uh, the process may be either the same or very similar. Okay. But then you have large-scale events, uh, such as our wonderful uh, 2012 Howard Homecoming Yard Fest, where so many things were thrown at us at the last minute. And that's really what you really find what you're made of when you're thrown in the fire and you have to do it. All right, we're going to have to take a break and you're going to have to explain a little bit more. You can't just be incognito and in and, 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 and code with that. So we'll be right back. This is Sonya Dunn's show. And she's going to tell us what actually that means as far as the DC, uh, the, the 2020... 2012. 2012... Um, Yard Fest. Yard Fest and what happened back then. I'm Sonya Dunn. That was legendary. Really? I'm Sonya Dunn. We're going to be right back. Don't go anywhere. Cake up. You can ride inside my life on that fame bus. Cause I promise when we step out, 
you be famous Modern day bunny and Clyde, what they named us Cause when we pull up, brr, brr, all angles Yeah, you're looking at the truth, the money never lie, no I'm the one, yeah, I'm the one Early morning in the dark, know you wanna ride now I'm the one, yeah, I'm the one, yeah Hear you sick of all those other imitators Don't let the only real one intimidate ya See you watching, don't run out of time now The price she see the ice and make her melt. When I met her in the club, I asked her who she felt. Then she went and put that on that Gucci belt. <laughs> we don't got no label. She say she want bottles. She ain't got no table. She don't got no bed frame. She don't got no tables. We just watching Netflix. She ain't got no cable. Okay, though. Plug, plug, plug. I'm the plug for her. She wanna that pull her hair and hold the door for her. Maybe that's only me. This is the Sonya Dunn Show. We'll be right back right after this. When is the best time to talk to your family about staying in touch during a disaster? Amid the chaos? Or is the best time perhaps today? Go to ready.gov slash communicate and make your emergency plan today. Don't wait. Communicate. Brought to you by FEMA and the Ad Council. Visit us at SoniaDunn.com to get a rundown of guests, special events, opportunities, and much more. That's SoniaDunn.com. www.SoniaDunn.com. Done. We got Noelle Jordan. Her name is Noelle Jordan. She's the CEO of, of Breathe, Breed, Breed Creativity, an event, live event. I'm going to do that over again. And also, I had a question. Um, I didn't want to sound like too it's convoluted, but I also have a video production company that I'm a co owner of. Okay, so we can talk about that. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. We are back with our guest, Noelle Jordan. She is the CEO of Breed Creativity, is a live event production company. She's also stage manager and lighting designer for not only the film, but also Howard Theater. Um, and you also do video production work as well, yes. correct? Um, but we're going to get back 
before we get there, we're going to rewind back to 2012. Yes. Um, and you were talking about the yard. The yard fest. The yes. yard fest for and Howard University and Homecoming. Your, your fire by baptism at Howard <laughs> Theater, right? <laughs> yes. All right. So, 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 so spill the tea. Uh, okay, so you were we were talking about um, different scales of the shows. Yeah. Um, and my biggest show, my proudest show to date is the 2012 Howard University Homecoming International Yard Fest. Why? Because we were able to not only announce an amazing lineup that year uh, we had on the bill, 2 Chains, Meek Mill, Naughty by Nature and Beanie Man. Really? Those were announced. That um, were announced. Yes. So there's more. There was more. All right, keep coming. I was working as operations manager, so I was a part of the e-board. Uh, and we were trying, still trying to get some more, bring some surprises. And as the operations manager and stage manager, right. um, you have to think about these things and anticipate them ahead of time. Um, and I remember leaving the campus at maybe 3.30 that morning. Wow. And getting back to campus at 5.30. Right. And then hearing, we got T.I. No. And I was so excited. I was like, this is going to be amazing. <laughs> and then they said, we got Drake. Drake? We got Drake. Okay. So keep to coming. keep that as... <laughs> So Yard Fest didn't start until noon, and we found out at 5.30. We had right. to keep this a secret from everyone. Yeah. For something, for an event of that magnitude, or rather artists um, of that caliber coming in when it's a surprise, you have to keep that, and you have to hold that from your volunteers. Um, it's held very close to the vest. Not everyone knows about it. You want to maintain this surprise. Right. And that was something that we were just biting our nails until he hit the stage. And to hear the crowd and the screams and the yells, that was joy. Yeah. For about two minutes. <laughs> Why? Because Why? with all of the yells and the screams, so he came out during 2 chains. said... Uh, which, which one, T.I. or Drake? Uh, Drake. Drake, Drake okay. came out during a, t a 2 chain set. Uh, for the song No Lie. Got it. So initially everyone, I just assumed that it was the, the track, it was the voiceover. And then they saw that it was Drake and you had, we had a stampede. I mean, you could see people everywhere. Like before, right before he hit the stage and everything was peaceful. You're right. Um, I could see people as far back as fine arts, from founders to fine arts, as far as, and as wide as Locke to Douglas. Okay. There was a sea of people. Wow. That's what I live for, those moments. Yeah. And then chaos ensued. So they did they stampede the, themselves it, or the no, stage? No, no. It was just a, a rush. A rush. That's what it was. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was a rush. Uh, nobody got critically injured right. or anything like that. But to control that type of to crowd control so fast. That. And it also showed me in that moment the, the magnitude and the power that the artist has. Yep. For... Them to say, okay, you guys, we gotta, we gotta calm this down for a second, and we did. We paused it, got everyone back, got everyone safe, um, and then continued on with the show. And it was a memorable experience as well for Ti as well. Yeah, it was something I'll never forget. So were they surprised when Ti came on too? Yes, when Meek Mill brought out Ti, he brought him out to bring him out. And when T.I. came out, so did the rain. <laughs> but nobody left. <laughs> no, I'm sure no, no one left. <laughs> nobody left. Nobody left. Uh, it rained like crazy. We did have to end the show a little early. Um, but it made it all worth it. Yeah. That's what we worked for. The good, the bad, the, the successes and the failures. Yeah. We did that. 
with that, I guess that's the difference between theater, the expected um, um, chaos of putting on a production that's every day mm-hmm. versus in a live event. Yes. And I'm sure, like, for you, for those that are on stage to hear that applause and, and, and uh, um, accolades from the audience, from your standpoint, I, 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 I guess you feel that too, right? Yes. Yeah? Yes. I'm a part of that. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Got me thinking now, Noelle, in regards to that. So, because we always think about the artist that's on stage and how how they're reacting to the audience. But I guess those behind stage are doing the same thing, right? We take it in. Um, well, at least I do. Yeah. To To some people in the industry, it's just a show. It's a job. Like other people... They handle their jobs. They view their jobs. It's just something they go to every day, make money, make a living, supply, you know, provide for yourself. But for me, it's more than that. It's being able to have both the ability and opportunity to create these indelible moments for people. So this is what you wake up for every day. This is exactly what I wake up for every day. We're going to have to take a break. Okay. But when we get back, I want to talk about um, some of the things you can give to others who are thinking about getting in this in this career field and helping them out. I'm Sonya Dunn. You're listening to the Sonya Dunn Show. We'll be right back. We're halfway through our show, so stay right here with us. You don't want to miss the rest of this interview with our guest. Brothers and sisters, I want to welcome you back to life. Back to the one that can make your next chapter your best chapter. Hallelujah. How can it be that you love the most unlovable part of me? Of me. How could you see your life was the only gift I left for me to be free? It's amazing with you. I win even if I lose. Everything's working for my good for all. It means more than 
done and you're listening to my show right here on 96.3 HD4. Social distancing slows the spread of coronavirus, so stay a minimum of six feet away from others and stay home if you can. More info at coronavirus.gov. Let's all do our part because we're all hashtag alone together. Brought to you by the Ad Council. I'm Sonya Dunn. This is the Sonya Dunn Show. We have with us Noelle Jordan, who is the stage manager and lighting designer for Fillmore and the Howard Theater. Also, she is the CEO of Breed Creativity, a live event production company. She also has a video video production company called Beyond the Stage. She's yes. co-owner of that. Um, so you guys do a lot of stuff, not only in D.C., but in the, the Mid-Atlantic region, correct? Yes. Um, so with that, you, you're, you're in a different type of media, which is live event productions, Mm -hmm. live event management. Um, how do you give back to that industry in regards to, because, because you seem like you have... It has given so much to you. Yes, it has. So how, how 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 do you give back to that in order to keep that balance, that symmetry type thing? Uh, yes. Um, in addition to the work that I do on my own uh, for my own company and freelancing at the Fillmore and the Howard Theater, my job, job. Yeah. <laughs> I am the assistant general manager and backline technician for Capital Percussions, which is a backline and a percussion concert percussion rental company here in the Washington D.C. area. Okay. Uh, backline for, if you don't know, for those who you don't know, that is everything on stage that is behind the artist, all the musical instruments, uh-huh. so drums, guitars, yeah. bass, keyboards. That's what I work with. Uh, So I'm able to be a part of productions that have had very significant cultural impacts as a technician, as as a backline manager, so to speak, Uh, such as Black Girls Rock that is at the Kennedy Center, uh, DC Jazz Fest that is down at the Wharf, as well as the Congressional Black Caucus. Representation is so important to me, and working at Capital Percussion, I not only prepare the gear, prepare and prep the gear that is going to go out for all of these shows, but I also represent the company in the field, an African-American female backline technician. Yeah, because um, honestly, I've, 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 I've never heard of that as far as the, um, the backline. Because... Um, 
no one really thinks about that as far mm-hmm. as most people think people bring their equipment with them, but they probably rent where mm-hmm. they are, right? Yes. Huh. Um, so what does a you you kind of touched on a little bit, but can you go a little bit more in depth on what is a backline technician? Technician. Um, yes. Well, in my role, yeah. uh, when I'm in the field, so I ensure the load in of the equipment, okay. uh, set up, ensure that everything is correct in its right place and it's functioning. Right. Um, granted, we test everything before they go out into the field. Right. Um, but then during the show, assisting the musicians yeah. during soundcheck, making sure that they are good. Um, and then staying there just in case if anything happens or if anything anybody needs anything, then I'm there on site. We have at least somebody from the company that is there on site. Right. And then after the show, I ensure the successful loadout, successful and efficient right. loadout. So, so you have a music background then too, right? Yes. Wow. Okay. You play? Do you play? I, I used to, yes. What? What the do you play? The piano, and I played the saxophone in high school. Okay, cool. cool. And my father is a musician. He is a piano player. He's a pianist. Pianist. Um, middle school, high school, flute, but I wouldn't call myself a flutist at all. Uh, a flotist, as they said back <laughs> it, in the day. It has come in, in handy, though. Uh, the opera that I did last year, Yeah, I got to dip into my toolbox of reading music again so what was that doing an opera it was different yeah because you've done theater theater is different than opera it is it is but i haven't stage managed theater in a very long time yeah so i went straight to equity rules which is the actors equity association which right. is the union um i went straight to those rules i went back to my training from Howard University, from professors like Charles Coward and Denise Saunders-Thompson, who really trained us. And I went back to the fundamentals and did it. Yeah. Um, We're running out of time. Okay. Noel. So before before I I have to let you go, Um, before I have to let you go, uh, and I'm keep hitting my mic because you uh, you surprised me, Miss <laughs> Noel. Um, give give three takeaways for someone, especially like a a female who kind of want to get into this this field behind the stage, uh, stage managing, lighting designing, gafting, those those um, non. Um, non-usual gender roles for for females um, in the entertainment in media industry. What takeaways can you give them to to keep them encouraged and keep moving forward to to reaching their dreams and keep it aspiring towards it? The first thing that I would say is you have to remain a student and you have to remember why you got in this business to begin with. Um, this business can be seen as very lucrative and unfortunately that's why a lot some people get into this industry and you have to look past that you have to if you didn't get a check would it still warm your heart yeah yeah that's the biggest thing and you can't look at what you don't have and what you're lacking you have to find the alternatives. For for me, I knew that I couldn't do a lot of manual labor. So I perfected my mind so that I could do what I wanted to do. You have to find the solution to your problem. Yep. That's two. That was two? That was two. That wasn't compounded. Um. <laughs> And seek guidance. Okay. Seek those that have been where where you are. Listen to those that have been where you are. And trust them. And trust yourself for picking them. So who are your role models then? My role models? Yeah. Who do you look up to in your industry? Are there anyone? Is there anyone? Who inspires me? Yeah. Uh, yes. I am inspired by one man in particular. Uh, he is a lighting designer. 
Um, and this is solely looking beyond the gender. Um, this man translates through multiple mediums. He's Leroy Bennett. He's a lighting designer. Um, and he, he was able to, my excuse me, my two favorite productions, live productions, is 1999, uh, Janet Jackson's Velvet Rope Live in Concert. That was the first live production I ever saw. And then my second is Beyonce's 2013 Super Bowl 47 performance. He designed both of those. Really? And I, I didn't know that he was the same designer. I just loved the work. So to be able to translate from a stage performance through the medium of television and then receive an Emmy nomination for both in Outstanding Lighting Direction, that's what inspired me to go beyond the stage. So you really do study your craft. I yes, mean, I, do. I mean, you, as far as you know, the people and and like for me, because as far as mine's film, as far as I'll study different people and different techniques and the different angles from camera to lighting to sound for film. And you do that for for live events. It yes. seems like yes, I do. Yeah, yeah. All right, I knew you were kindred spirit. All right, so before we get out of here, three songs that have kept you going in your life. I have PJ Morton. Which song? Don't Let Go. Don't Let Go. Uh, it reminds me that there's always a light at the end of the dark tunnel. Just keep on pushing forward. Just remember how much you've overcome. Uh, Six Inch Heels by Beyonce. It has just described my hustle. Yeah. Uh, there's a line, she works from Monday to Friday and grinds from Friday to Sunday. And that's what I do. Yeah. That song speaks to me. Those line, those words speak to me um, and just make me want to push my chest out a little bit more and stand yeah. a little bit more, a little bit straighter. Um, and then my third song is Hero by Kirk Franklin. Uh, it's what got me through and kept my spirits up yeah. when my health wanted to deter me from my dreams. Yeah, yeah. And I'm so glad it didn't. Me too. So glad it didn't. All right, Noel, we got to get out of here. You're welcome back anytime. Anything you want to share, just call me up. Okay. We'll, we'll get on the, the mic All once right, again. Then. I'm Sonya Dunn. This is the Sonya Dunn Show. We'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. Next Thursday, you will be caught in an extreme flash flood. Disasters don't plan ahead, but you can. Talk to your loved ones about making an emergency plan. Get started today at ready.gov plan. Brought to you by FEMA and the Ad Council. The power keeping tight, she cries. 
to pray material things She pushes herself day and night She grinds from Monday to Friday Work from Friday to Sunday, oh Stars in her eyes She fights and she sweats on sleepless nights But she don't mind, she loves to grind She grinds from Monday to Friday Works from Friday to Sunday, yeah, yeah She goes Visit us at SoniaDunn.com to get a rundown of guests, special events, opportunities, and much more. That's SoniaDunn.com. www.SoniaDunn.com. That's all we have for this episode on the Sonya Dunn Show. Until next time, encourage, enlighten, empower, but most of all, keep it entertaining. It's the Sonya Dunn Show every weekday at 1 p.m. 96.3 FM HD4.